David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com with David Spada and Elliot Harris. I am Elliot Harris, and we have a great show today, if I may say so myself. I have a couple of Hall of Fame players and another guy that I think merits consideration. A pair of former Cardinals, Jackie Smith and Bobby Joe Conrad, former Buffalo Bills great Jim Kelly. The only one not in the Hall is Bobby Joe Conrad. Maybe someday he'll get in. First up, we have one of the greatest tight ends I ever saw play football for the St. Louis Cardinals, Jackie Smith. It was great seeing you at the Hall of Fame uh, last weekend. Yeah, it was always a good time to go up there and uh, see all the guys and uh, get to know somebody. And Vic Visit was one of some of the guys that I've not had a chance to do before, so it's uh, always a fun, uh, a very fun trip up there. It's nice of the Hall of Fame to go to the kind of trouble that they do to make us all feel welcome. And you got to spend some time with your, what, daughter and granddaughter there? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, my daughter and, uh, and my, uh, son and, uh, their children and my son-in-law. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it's like the Wild Indian Daycare Center for a while. There's about 13 <laughs> of them running, running around there. But it was uh, fun. I hope they had fun. I think they did. Well, Canton's not a bad place for a family reunion every year, is it? No, it is. It's, uh, it's really a nice place. They're so accommodating there that you can't help but enjoy it. Do you go every year, or did you just go because uh, Nias Williams was going in this year? Oh, no. I, no, I go every – I go all the time that I can, anytime I can. And, uh, no, it wasn't because of Aeneas. I, I barely know Aeneas. He's a fine guy, but I really barely know him. And um, uh, But I went up there to take my – Children to have them enjoy the experience. You attended Northwestern Louisiana State University, which is now Northwestern State University. Were you highly recruited as a high school? Uh, no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't recruited. I wasn't recruited at all to play football. <clears throat> I went up there to run track, and they said uh, uh, they couldn't give me a full scholarship for track. And so they said, if you just go out for football now and don't quit, then we can give you a full scholarship. So that's how I got into football. Was there, what did you run? What did you run track? Well, I ran uh, I ran the uh, the high and low hurdles and uh, and the uh, mile relay and the javelin and the uh, discus. Was there a big transition uh, going from track to football? Well, well sure, absolutely. The uh, the, the big trend. Well, you know, we we did them both at college. I did both of them, and so, uh, but but you benefit from one to the other, obviously, uh, as far as the as far as the workout you get and the type of uh, condition that you try and get in, it really kind of carries over. So uh, it was nice to be able to be able to do both because one sort of complemented the other and helps you stay in shape for for each of them. So, but it's a it, but it was a 
tough it, it was tough to to do it. The last year I was there, when I got did get drafted, I said, "Well, at the Fargo track and <clears throat> and just to work on uh, getting in shape and trying to do things more uh, directed toward football, which is what I did. I found a guy who played football at Northwestern. His name was Charlie Hennigan, who had gone on to play with the Houston Oilers in the sure. American Football League, and uh, so." Uh, so I I went to camp that he was running when I was drafted and and uh, helped him help with all the boys just so I could work out with him in the afternoon. So it worked out fine for me. Did, did you have to miss a lot of spring practice because of track? Do what now? Did you did you miss much spring football practice because of track? Oh no. No, we didn't. We didn't miss much. We didn't miss much of anything. We got they got it. They got some way to, to work it in there because there were a lot of guys who played football at run track. It wasn't a very big school. It was a college, and uh, so not many schools. So everybody, so we had to. Everybody had to do everything uh, if we were, if we were going to have a team at all. So that's sort of the way it went. So what did Charlie Hennigan teach you? Uh, well, Charlie Hennigan uh, taught me the details of the, the very basic fundamentals of running a pass pattern, and, and they were important. Uh, that those fundamentals that he taught me were important because at the time, um, uh, the the the, uh, the league was running a lot of mostly man for man defense, so it, it necessitated the, the receiver to be able to be able to uh, run a run straight at that guy and and beat him on a pass pattern. So. Uh, that's really what we concentrated on, <clears throat> and, those, and the efficiency of those steps that Charlie uh, that Charlie taught me really worked well in everything. But I, but in those, eventually worked well, at, at, you know, throughout my whole career. But in those initial years, those initial years, uh, uh, I mean, this or a week, a year, so to really, uh, <clears throat> the things that he taught me uh, really allowed me to make the team. And uh, and I see him periodically when I get back to Northwestern at some event, and I always make sure that he knows how much I appreciate it and that he was the reason, uh, his expertise and his ability to run those patterns and then teach me a little bit about them. Um, as far as the footwork is concerned, is the reason I made the football team, and that, and that was the truth, and that's the truth because they make it on such a slim edge sometimes that uh, every little bit helps. He's a guy who deserves to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was a great receiver in the '60s. He certainly was, and I and I used, I continually talk to people about that, but but that's such a long time ago, I guess. Maybe, but he still got he still has records. He still has um, uh, some stuff uh, records in his name that uh, that he said back then as a, as a receiver. Is it tough to lobby for players like him because a lot of the the folks that vote on the Hall of Fame. Haven't seen him, you know. Uh, yeah, well, well, sure it is. It, yeah, it is. And a lot of people they've never seen him. I don't read the history stuff. There's so many history of, of other guys to read and uh, more current. Um, but uh, we haven't, I'm not going to stop putting my two cents worth in about him <laughs> and about his uh, and about his contribution you know, to the league. I'm hoping somebody will listen one day. In, in 1963, when you got drafted, there was the NFL and the AFL. We, did, what did you expect? You expect to get drafted by both or either one? Or 
uh, I didn't expect to get drafted by either one of them. I was surprised as hell. I said, what are you talking about? I got drafted in the 10th round. I didn't even know what the hell it was. You know, I, never, I, didn't, I, never, I couldn't even spell it, let alone do it. And uh, so, no, I didn't know. So I didn't know what uh, I was. I was the most surprised guy in the world uh, when that happened. I thought they had made a mistake, and um, so that's how we left it. It, uh, but it was. It worked out okay. You you went from being a tenth round pick by the St. Louis Cardinals to starter as a rookie. How did that occur? How did it occur that I got drafted? Well, now, how, how'd you make, make your way as a, into the starting lineup as a rookie? Uh, because somebody else got hurt. Taz <laughs> uh, Anderson got hurt, and uh, and that's when I got to play. Um, but uh, and, and, and and tight ends were bigger then, and I was only two hundred and five pounds, so that was really nothing as an outside receiver. Was my was the reason I got to stay there that I could jump in a tight end if need be, but I was really not a receiver, so that's really what happened. Uh, when a Chad got hurt, uh, I got in there and uh, and uh, got massacred for the rest of the season, and then uh, I figured I had to gain weight to get a gun or something to I was keep keep on playing that goofy game. Because at that time, tight end was not a receiving position. Like you said, it was a blocking position. And that changed with Mike Ditka, yourself, John Mackey. Yeah, we think that we, we were talking about that uh, this weekend. But, uh, yeah, it, it definitely changed. It's a different deal uh, than it was. Out and out, tight ends take a, a, take a five, ten-yard split, nobody in front of them, wide-open look at the defense, uh, and uh, a quick read on where they're going. So, it would be. I mean, I think even as old and beat up as I am, I think I could run a couple of pass patterns today. Even I, I, one, I know you'd catch it, and two, I know that they'd need at least two or three guys to bring you down. Well, it, I, well, especially I'd, I'd be even more scared now than I am then. You know, so I really would be running like that. Out there. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> When you made it into the starting lineup, uh, you had Sonny Randall at a split end. You had uh, Bobby Joe Conrad, who we talked to recently, as a flanker. So there, there wasn't a whole lot yeah. of room for you to, to crack the starting lineup there. Not a, not, not a lot of what? There, there wasn't a whole lot of chance for you to, to crack the starting lineup with Bobby Joe and no. Sonny ahead of you. Uh, oh, no, that's really true. And uh, uh, so I was kind of lucky. A spot open there at the Taz and uh, – and I still see Chad uh, periodically. He lives in Dallas, I mean, in, in Atlanta. And we see him every now and then. And we talk about all those old times and all the teams that we had and the people and how great we were at the time and how talented we were. <laughs> so, and you, and you, get, you get better every year that, that passes by, right? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm unbelievable by now. But, um <laughs> But uh, but it was fun. It was a great time to have played uh, because of the time and place it was. Uh, uh, had it been some other time nowadays, uh, there would have been no way I would have made the team uh, because they have so many ready-made tight ends coming out of, the, out, of, out of school that are used to playing the same type of offensive formation. So well, lucky to lucky to uh, uh, lucky to have done it when I did. 
Did you want to play tight end or did you want to be a receiver more? I didn't know. I didn't care what I did. I just wanted to make the team. I, I wasn't really that concerned. I was, I was so damn surprised. I was in shock for the first year that I even made the team. And so uh, it was a surprise to me. I was just willing I was willing to do most anything uh, just to stay, stay around. Now, your first coach uh, with the Cardinals was Wally Lem. Uh, how, how was he as a coach? But Wally was fine. Uh, he, he wasn't a big fan of mine. Uh, he didn't think that I should have made the team. Uh, a guy named Fran Fulsfoot, who was the offensive coach at the time, uh, begged him to let me stay. He said that I think he could make a tight end out of him after, you know, sooner or later. <laughs> and uh, so thanks to Fran Fulsfoot, uh, I was able to stick around for a little while until I could uh, get my bearings in the league. And then he he was succeeded by Charlie Winner. That's right. I was Charlie. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Charlie was Charlie was just glad to be there. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was glad to be there, and he's wow. a nice guy. Because the Cardinals didn't have big name coaches, because after Winner came Bob Holloway, and then you got a, a young Don Coriel. Yeah, was, yeah, he made a lot of difference and made some. It made some changes and really modified our offense, so we were glad, to, glad he came along. Really glad he came along. Did you know his offensive genius when he became coach, or did that develop over time? Oh, no. He was already, he'd already been established. That's the reason we got him. Uh, then he brought some good guys with him who have gone on to be successful in their own right. Uh, so, like Gibbs and Hannafin and those guys have went, went, went their own way a few times here, but... Now, but uh, the quarterback you bro- quarterback you broke broke bro- broke into the league with was Charlie Johnson, and then came Jim Hart. That's right. Now, I have That's one right. I have one question though. In 1965, the Cardinals drafted a guy out of Alabama by the name Joe Namath. How how come you couldn't have persuaded him to become a Cardinal? <laughs> how come what? How come you couldn't have persuaded him to become a Cardinal rather than a New York Jet? Well, because they didn't ask us to. They didn't ask us to be involved in the negotiating process. But, but Mr. Bidwell was not about to pay the asking price then for us. But Joe Namath, he just uh, almost had a heart attack when he heard it. But uh, but no, that's uh, no, that that was just the Cardinals. That's the way the Cardinals operated. You mentioned going over the middle, you would get hit. Did anyone hit you harder than Larry Wilson in practice? Who? Larry Wilson. Well, I don't know. Larry's never hit me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but Larry could, Larry could, Larry could hit. Listen, any of us, any of those guys can hit. If they didn't, if they couldn't hit, they wouldn't be there. Uh, but it's a question of just giving them the chance to do that. <clears throat> and, it, and it's much better to be the hit R instead of the hit E. <laughs> Yeah. Now, memory of Larry Wilson is uh, at the old Bush Stadium, Sportsman's Park, tackling Jim Brown ankles. And my other, other significant memory of, of that era is I don't remember anybody single-handedly tackling you. You'd get pushed out of bounds or it'd take like two or three guys. Was there anybody that could hit you one-on-one and just knock you over? Oh, I'm sure there is, but uh, the trick is not to give them a good shot and then try to hit them as hard as they hit you so that you kind of neutralize them a little bit. 
And uh, but uh, I'm sure there are plenty of guys that could tackle me, but um, and I'm sure that there were that did happen a lot. But I tried not to let it happen. I just wanted to make sure I did. I got as much as I could out of every play. That's really what was my driving shield behind that. And uh, how did it feel like when you got inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Well, I was elated. Uh, I was surprised, and um, it was a. yeah, it was uh, it was under some some interesting circumstances, but uh, but it was I was really very uh, elated, obviously, and so was my family. They tickled to death about it. A lot of friends, but it was a nice thing to do, nice thing to happen. After this brief break, we would be back with former St. Louis Cardinals receiver Bobby Joe Conrad. You're listening to Sports and Torts on TalkStone.com. dot com. 